Welcome to the Help My Unbelief podcast, the number one Christian podcast designed for the unbeliever. Hello, Gavna. That's my that's my way of uh, he sneaking loves that, in. doesn't he? Hello, Governor. Hello, He gets everybody to shut up, and then he comes in with a slam. I know it's yeah. like it's like I get to be like, I get to be like everybody quiet on the set so I can. See, have and it. all that banter before then, I thought was being recorded. Yeah, mm. I know. I, and if any of the audience have been listening to Zach talk smack, he was basically saying that he would slap Larry back in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back. Yeah, back to time. where I was younger. Right. And Larry Stronger. said. Larry said you'd catch my punch, but you wouldn't. <laughs> I'd catch your punch. No, you wouldn't, dude. <laughs> Sure would. You've never seen how fast. Hold on, just a second. I want to. I'm going to test this real quick. Did you see that, son? I had daughters. Did I you know see how it? To catch yes or no? Did you see that? <laughs> That's what I thought. I didn't That's even feel the wind move. That's what I thought. Because mm-hmm. I just, sure. I just threw a punch, and mm-hmm. you didn't see it. So, yeah. and I felt the wind blow right by me. I'm telling you, it's yeah. fast. It parted my eyebrows. Yeah. I caught a fly too over by your head. Not only, not only am I just extremely. Tactical, but I'm also like with chopsticks. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. You got to watch out for me, man. You got to watch and yet, out. And yet, I was called a chameleon. Yeah, who called you that? Oh man, you ain't blending in nowhere, dude. Yes, I do actually. No, you don't. You don't blend. I can in blend nowhere. in so well. When I went on on reserve weekend, you know, mm-hmm. I I would blend in so well they didn't know if I was there or not. Right. <laughs> How do you do that? Larry could turn like wall colored and just. Well, I was wearing camouflage. <laughs> right. Yeah. So was everybody else, though. Mm. Exactly. That doesn't make sense. Mm. Then, then, then. Yeah. Man. I mean, they, they'd be like. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> Sorry. Cough button. Oh, my goodness. We're going to lose him before yeah. episode 52. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like uh, at sign out. Where have you been all day? I haven't mm. seen you. Well, I signed in and I'm signing out. You're ah, seeing me here. So like Steve Martin. What's your problem? You, like Steve Martin, you know how to get small. Mm. I don't know if you guys have ever heard that skit where Steve Martin talks about that. Yeah, I like to get small. Larry didn't watch Saturday Night Live. Ah. Yeah. I that was my brother that did that kind no, of thing. No, that was Steve Martin comedy. Oh Saturday Night Live. I'd say uh, Steve Martin. Albums. Yeah. I love Steve Martin well, on Saturday Night Live. And um, mm-hmm. what's his name? Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. Well, I was actually talking about um, that with somebody else. I, I kind of actually meant it in a different way. But um, being a chameleon, I was able to, it didn't matter in sales. It didn't matter if I was with the poor or if I was with the rich, if I was with the president of the company or the workers. It did not matter who I was with. I Blended. You could adapt your personality to sure. whatever. Well, they I didn't have you. to adapt my personality. It just does stuff. Let me ask you a question. Um, would that, now that you're um, living your life for Christ, would that make you feel kind of sketchy if you had to like adapt your personality around different people to like, you know, be what they needed you to be, to be in sales? Do you think that'd bother you a little bit? Like if you had to be in sales again and you had to be that chameleon and switch your personality to. No, it's not to switch into the personality. I can find something to relate to with anybody that I speak to. That's the chameleon part of it. Yeah. The sales of misleading or lying. No, I could not do that anymore. Yeah. Um, okay. Then, then you're done with sales. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did quite well on sales as a Christian 
and I was straightforward, and I never lied about anything. I we sell ro- awesome. we sell roofs, yeah. and you don't have yeah, to lie. You don't have to lie. You when you got when you got the product that you believe in, and you know that it's helping the customer, and that they do need it, not that you're giving them, you know, uh, above and beyond, like. Like, if it was in car sales, if they could afford a Pinto and they can't afford a Cadillac, I don't put them in a Cadillac. I put them in a Pinto. Well, I'm having sale trauma. I remember, like, being in my 20s and the one ads saying, oh, you're going to make all this money per month, right? And I oh, went, I did that. Yeah. I went to this deal, and it was Cutco Knives. It was selling Cutco Knives. I remember those, yeah. Yeah. And Cutco. Mag. Cutco. I, they made these really nice knives. Yeah. But I remember sitting, I remember those, yeah. I re- yeah, they're very expensive. And I remember sitting there and the guy basically going, if your grandmother was dying of cancer and you had the pill that would cure her and she didn't know it and she wouldn't listen to you, what would you do? And people are yelling, shove it down her throat. <laughs> there you go. And I was like, yeah, this ain't for me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I've been to a couple of those too. I mean, I did street sales. I did. I mean, I did the vacuum cell and everything. Yeah. It is frustrating, though, whenever you come across like a person, like a qualified buyer mm-hmm. on something like, let's say you're even when you're like, if you're hurting for money, mm-hmm. if you're hurting for money, you own a roofing company, you go mm-hmm. to a person's house, you know, they need a roof and you, they say, I don't need one. It's like, oh, you probably do, though. Like, you know, like you want to. <laughs> You yeah, want to be wanna, like, man. You want to give them more of a hard sell, yeah. Yeah, so that's to say, like, you you don't think you need me, but what the problem is is, like, your insurance company two years from now is going to deny you having a roof. You know why they're going to deny it? Because they already had somebody up there. They already got the insurance check. They never had it changed over. They never never had it changed. That so happens. Now, now that they don't have any money, now they actually need the roof that they got paid for Five years ago. That happens frequently. That happens a lot. Did I say that a lot? I'm sorry. No, that happens. That happens a lot. It's unfortunate, too. Yeah. Uh, because ne- you're you're never going to be able to afford uh, you, your roof out of your own pocket. I don't want to say it this way, but you really honestly need to be honest and truthful in all that you do, whether you're a Christian or not. Yeah. yeah. When you lie, it comes back and bites you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not that the Bible says God doesn't like, actually, he says he hates lying lips. It's not that. It's that it comes back. Several yeah. times in the Bible, it says, what's done in darkness will come out in the light. How many people can you name in history that did something in the dark and it came back to bite them? And now their reputation is completely blown. That's a, or, yeah. Jordan Peterson says that. He says that you don't ever get away with lying ever not one time you, you might don't. get away temporarily but it will come back he says no never get away for lying never no you guys don't even know who jordan peterson is do you? no don't i don't clue. so I, i've been working on his impression it's not nothing that's his impression <laughs> is he indian no oh, it's you, na- you sounded like it's the- not nothing it's jordan peterson oh i'm working on it oh jordan peterson you know Jordan Peterson? Wait a minute. Dr. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, okay. He's yeah. the guy that, that <laughs> I yeah. Don't Isn't he like out of the UK or he's something? He's Canadian. Canadian. That's yeah. What, yeah, he's catching a lot of flack. He, he usually does, yeah. yeah. He's a psychologist that kind of, oh, I don't know. I don't. Th- I wouldn't say he's right-leaning, but, um, you know, like he, he's got like uh, views on women in, the, in men's professions and stuff. You know how everybody's pushing for women equality and stuff like that. And Jordan Peterson's like, well, the reason why 
women aren't successful in certain trades is because they're not designed to do that, you know, and stuff like that. And so he gets a lot of flack from like the women community and stuff like that. So the uh, feminazi community, not the women's community. (laughs) Let's just be honest. Well, a wise man. (laughs) Uh Oh, I did it. A wise man. He knows. (laughs) Coco don't clip that. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. A wise man knows when to keep his mouth shut. Yeah. Very good, Larry. I do want to make an announcement on here just for those people that didn't see the clip. I um, want to say thank you. To Coco? Yeah, actually. Thanks, thanks, Coco. Yeah, yeah. let's mention that. So, uh, But that wasn't where I was going. So I want to say this because I'm going to be completely honest, and, and, and I told Coco this. but When are I, you not completely honest? Well, I'm going to talk like I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat what I'm going to say or anything um, next because um, I, I live my life with a belief in God. Um, every day. And so I'm going to speak like I do, um, even though we are appealing to um, unbelievers and stuff like that. But that's why I told Coco, I told Coco the same thing. I said, hey, I put out a video, I said, hey, we need some help making these clips. I can't do it anymore. They're taking me hours every day. And it's just a lot, a lot of work for one guy to do that has other things he's got to do too. But it's a very important, we can't just let it go by the wayside. It's very important. So I felt it that, like, I need to... Well, Darcia brought up the fact that she's like, well, have you thought about bringing um, interns on? And I was like, dude, that's a great idea. Like, asking some, you know, for somebody to volunteer. And even I would even spend time training them to do that. And so I put out a video, and I got a bunch of Christians that applied for the position that were interested. And they, they even sent me some, like, sample clips. And they were, like, good. They were really good. And, of course, God coming in, like, the not making sense, like he always does. And um, Coco Medic, who we had on the show a couple episodes ago, um, expressed interest in it. And I just felt really, really pulled towards him. Um, And I really feel like God was telling me to um, consider him heavily. And I didn't know how I felt about that because at the end of the day, this is a Christian ministry. I was like, well, are we going to put an atheist in that slot? Like what? Like, I really feel like, like, that's the right thing to do. I really feel like God's telling me. But, I, you know, I had to go to Pastor Gary about it. Yeah, well, you called me as well. Called you first, yeah. Um, and um, went to Pastor Gary, and Pastor Gary was no hesitation. He said he would do it. So um, There's your confirmation. Yeah. And so that's where I was like, it was a no-brainer. And so um, put him in there. He's a great He's a great guy. Uh, just uh, join me and welcome, welcome him to the... Help my unbelief ministries. Um, hey, Coco, welcome. He's actually going to be coming down in studio um, <clears throat> in December. Oh, that'll be great. Joining us in um, in studio um, with a guest that's going to call in and stuff like that. So um, I I told you God told me to do that a while back, and so we're going to make that happen too. So I'm excited to see him in person. Um, still don't know what we're going to do about the whole praying before we uh, come in here type of thing. Might just have him join us, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Larry just that's acts like it's do. easy. That's what we do. Yeah. Come in here and pretend like you're a Christian real quick. <laughs> oh, there's a whole lot coming through my mouth. I actually saw the angel that time. I physically saw yeah, the angel yeah. whip his head back. I saw it. Actually, all the words got in my throat and then stuck together. Hey, <laughs> can, come out. can I say something, dude? And I don't want you to take this offense, but uh, I, I want really? you to take this. Really? Into, I want you to take this into consideration. 
Your angel looks stressed out. <laughs> okay. Mine's in the corner smoking. Yeah. <laughs> His hands just, are shaking. <laughs> just moving forward, it's something that you might want to consider, dude. I'm getting better at obeying. Your angel's literally, when you pull back the reins, his eyes are rolling. Yeah. Well, that's because he's also got his feet in the stirrup, so he can yeah. put more pressure on him. <laughs> I, I do feel it quite a bit. I really do. Um, I just don't listen. I don't know what format Haley actually listens to us on. Haley, um, YouTube? Yeah, YouTube. So that comes out at 9 o'clock. And she had sent you a message by what, 9, 10? Oh, no, I put that out at 8. <laughs> and everything goes, at well, yeah, yeah. I I say everything comes out at 9, but I set everything to come out at 8. But some of the platforms take a little longer to update than others. So that's why you probably see it later at other and uh, Spotify, I was on Spotify right at eight. And oh, really? Right in. Really? Yeah. yeah, but I mean, so when you sent me that message, I was like an hour into the show, and I was like wondering if anybody's going to notice. Oh, uh, multiple people noticed you know? that and I then, was yeah, wearing so. a visor. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was great. For those of you that didn't notice, because I always talk. We didn't talk we, about it last week on purpose. Mm-mm. We want to see if anybody noticed, but we know that most of you listen. You don't. Um, you don't watch so i was wearing a visor and larry was wearing my hat last week the whole episode we mm-hmm. didn't say nothing until the so. end gotcha yeah gotcha you didn't catch it gotcha but if you're only listening it didn't really matter yeah so oh i wanted to read um i wanted to read something because um i talked i talked most of but last thank week. you Haley, for noticing right away and contacting us um, well, Coco noticed too. Coco, oh, Coco sent me noticed right out the bat. Yeah, and then um, our friend that comments every week, Wild Horse. What's her? Becca? Becca's her name. Um, Becca noticed and threw her off. So, um, which one? Because I didn't see the top of that one. Which one uh, complimented Dorcia? Um, I think that was Becca. Mm, okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so Becca's the one, baby. Becca was the one that was praying for me. So we talked about we talked about um, the fact that God wanted me to knock doors, and I and I was you know upset for the first mm-hmm. part of the show or whatever, and and was bothered by it and stuff like that. But we got an email. We got an email in, um, and I wanted to read it just to that. Just I thought this was kind of crazy because I did I did get a vision long before God told me to knock doors. I had a vision of like a like almost like a rainbow door, like a colorful door, or like you know where TVs kind of start going out, and the door was um, opening. I got a um, vision of that a while back. Still don't know what that means, but um, it says, "Hey guys, firstly, I'm a Christian who really loves your podcast. I appreciate the real and raw conversations you hold. I am listening to this week's podcast right now. I am only a little over 35 minutes in." Zach, when you were speaking about how you are a little confused, thrown off, and discouraged about hearing Go Knock Doors, I immediately thought about what year we just came into on the Jewish calendar. If you don't already know, this is year 5784 and is the year of the door. It's even bigger than that. It's the year of the open door. Yeah. Good catch. She said, I don't know I don't know what it is the Lord is speaking to you, but maybe looking into what this year means um, might help bring some revelation. Keep going and pushing, shining the light of Jesus to all through your podcast. Much love, Rebecca. That gives me the chills. Yeah. 
But here's my problem. Like, I just don't understand. I don't understand why I'm so resilient to it. Even now, like, um, I'm getting encouraged by all this stuff. And I know that God's going to probably deliver me from multiple things. And all this stuff is going to happen. But I still have this innate, like, resilience to it. Like, I don't want it. It's the last thing I want to do. Not resilience. Resistance. Resistance, yeah. Like, I feel this, like, almost like. Squash the resistance. Like, this rebellion in me. Well, it might be that through her comment. The spirit is trying to tell you, it ain't that complicated, Jack. I mean, sorry. It ain't that complicated where um, I'm being figurative, not literal. Don't give up. Yeah. Continue knocking on doors. Yeah. Maybe every podcast is a knock. Yeah. You know what I mean? We are knocking on doors, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's just um, a lot of times, I mean, you can ask Angela. I have a lot of, um, I like, for lack of a better, a lot of demons that I deal with. Like, I have a lot of, um, like, this is, this is, life's very hard for me. Neurosis, fear. Yeah, like, it's just, um, I feel like, um, I don't know. Control issues. I I feel like like God's putting me in positions that I'm not designed to be in. No, like, he's putting you in positions to make you grow. Yeah. Or to help yeah. you grow. I just or to like, stretch you. Or to teach you. Yeah. Or to actually get that you are a leader of men out in front so you can actually understand it and start going with it instead of sitting back there going, God, I can't do this. God, I can't do this. That's what I do, you know? Like sometimes I'd, I'd honestly, there's sometimes I'd rather just not be on this earth than do, deal with some of the stuff well, I have to deal with. Well, welcome to life. Mm. Yeah. It's just very, I'm like, and then I'm like, God, you, you got the wrong guy, man. Like, no, I'm no. not strong enough to do this. Like, yes, I'm always, mm-hmm. like, getting put in these mm-hmm. these stupid positions. And I feel I, like I'm, like, very too passive for this, you know? And it's like. I need a set of pom-poms. <laughs> yeah. Yes, you are. Zach, Zach, he's our man. If he can't do it, no one can. I know you believe in me, and I appreciate that. I know, but I don't think maybe you don't know me all the way to that. Like you don't know, I'm a I'm a wuss, man. Like I don't. I get that. I struggle. know. That's why I told you I could catch your punch. I get yeah. that. <laughs> I no, you couldn't. I get. Hey Tyson, thank you. I, if you haven't noticed, we're oh, wearing, yeah. we're wearing. Um, yeah, my buddy. We're, we're wearing matching shirts for a reason. Yeah, our buddy Tyson sent us to Holy uh, Spirit to quotes, us, and these are. You know, it's awesome. I got a PhD. Praise him daily. Yep. This is advertising. He's with Holy Spirit Quotes. He gave us these shirts. But what were you saying, Mark? Oh, I was just saying, you know, life's a pressure cooker, man. Um, life with life with God, you know, like we've said before, um, it, he does give us things we can't handle over and over again because cracks us and breaks us and then there's a little bit kind of like when you break a bone you know like a kid that's got one leg shorter than the other you know how they line those those legs up yeah they break them yeah they break them and then pull them apart a little bit and then the bone goes and regrafts itself and then break it again and I think that's what God does to us over and over and over again certainly been my experience emotionally breaks you yeah emotionally yeah uh because you know, we want what we want, and we want it now. I want what I want, and I want it now. And, you know, that's one of the things God's really done work on me. I'm I'm a megalomaniac with an inferiority complex. 
right? I want what I want. You know, I'm always butthurt that, that, you know, people are treating me this way or things aren't going my way yet. Yeah. Yet I'm also too lazy to get up and do what God's telling me to do. And then the pressure increases. Yeah. The pressure increases, increases until finally I'm like, oh, fine. And yeah. I get up and that breaks kind of like a wave. Yeah. You know, it crests and breaks and, and results in action on my part. And then part of my character is developed. And that character flaw kind of washes away. Yeah. And then it's on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a continual growth cycle. That's what bothers me is like, I, I like, I don't want anything anymore. You can ask him. I mean, both y'all have seen it where I was like, I want to be a millionaire. I'm going to do all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to grow this and grow. Now I'm like, I just want peace and that's it, man. I just want, I just want to be normal. I want to live a normal life. Like, I just want to be, I want to be at peace. Like, I just want like what all these other Christians talk about where they talk about where they're peaceful at peace and that they're like, and that the moment they found God, they just this peace washed over them and they just fell and roses fell on their corpse and they were just, you know, I'm like, wow. He went all the way back to TV evangelist right. in the seventies. Right. Yeah. I had a flashback. Right. Well, first, what, first off, second off, you have to understand the peace by by having the peace during the turmoil. No, there's not a peace that washes you over, washes over you and stays with you and and you you know all of that. It's a peace that through the trials and the tribulations that I have Jesus's hand that I'm holding on to. It's the peace exactly. that it doesn't matter what it is. I know my God will walk through this with me. It's the peace that I have that directs my day. Yeah. It's it's I I start getting stressed out and I'm, I'm out of his will. His will directs me back in to the peace lane. That I, That's what I call it, is a peace lane. So if you're stressed, that's like an indicator for the you indicator. to know that you To go you're, like uh, this, Lord, I need help. It, I don't know what it is. I don't understand it right now. Lord, I need help. Please help me. Guide me back to where I'm supposed to be. Pretty yeah. soon, it's... The spiritual axiom, right back in there. spiritual axiom is if I find some person, place, or thing intolerable to me, then there's something wrong with me, and I need to get right with God. There's something spiritually wrong because the fact that I can't tolerate it, that I can't stand it, <clears throat> is, like Larry said, I'm steering out of that. that that's what I think life is, is God teaching us that final lesson that his will is best because mm. every time I follow my will, it's pain and misery, broken relationships, you know, striving for things, hurting people on the way to do it just to get that thing and then be disappointed by the thing. And it's just this endless cycle of self and Solomon. Yeah. Isn't that kind of bad though? Cause I'm that same way. Isn't that kind of bad though? To think that you're the problem in everything though. No, it's not. It's not, it, the, it's not so much that you're the problem. It's your reaction to those problems are perhaps incorrect. Or, I have found several times through my job changes that if I'm not comfortable, I start getting aggravated. And when I, you know, it, it I may be in the job ten years. It doesn't matter. I start getting aggravated. I start getting upset with everything. Everything sets me off, and then it's like you know, I can't take this. I can't take this. And then at a certain point, I'm like, okay, 
Let's go back. Wait a minute. I've got a plan. It's right here in this book. <laughs> why 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 am I well because God's directed me out of that job and into another thing. Right. Yeah. And because I wasn't paying attention to it, I suffered resisted mm-hmm. and suffered way needlessly. too long. Right. And then I was in anger. For me, the best example is you have you ever hit the rumble strip on the highway, Zach? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so it goes right, and you know to pull back into the lane. Aggravation and lack of peace is my rumble strips. Right. And I've but, got them on both sides. Right. <laughs> and that's beautiful. But so so how many of us, though, go through periods of our life where we just live in that rumble? Just. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And how can you be comfortable there? You can't. Yeah. Because it's, it's an annoyance. Right from the yeah. from the movement of the vehicle to oh, the dude. sound of the vehicle. To the- I can go to sleep in it. I yeah. can go to sleep in it, dude. Right, right. and that's, that's how stubborn I am. That's I'm why- like, I'll sleep here. God, leave right. me alone. We know that exactly. That's why I found <laughs> I'm, I'm sleeping. God's like, no, you're not, Zach. And I'm like, yes, I am. That's why. Leave me alone. Just go away. That's why I found so many things to dump on that. Yeah, right? yeah. to, to yeah. dull the. <laughs> but when you learn, when you start learning that. Okay, and when you start learning the indicators that God has placed in your life to direct you back, if God needs to sternly correct me, my wife comes to me and tells me what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. My wife will correct me, and instantly it's like, okay, for her to talk to me in that tone, there's a reason. Right. Okay, I hate to cut this short, but we've got to to get our guest in and out. Okay, so we got to go. Um, her name's Eva. Um, I don't know what all she is, but we're going to get it from her. I know she's like, I know she's not a believer or she doesn't believe in what we believe in. Um, and so her name's Eva and we'll just hear from her what she is. We don't have her for a whole long, lot, lot of time. That's why we got to get to her. So here we go, Eva. How are you doing, Eva? I'm doing well. How are you guys? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Or, or is it well? I don't know. I don't know English stuff. So well. Is it well? Okay. Yeah, do the introduction. Okay, so I'm going to hurry because I don't have you. I only have you till I only have about 40 minutes with you, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to hurry then. Um, so this is the Help My Unbelief podcast. I don't know. Have you ever listened to any of the shows? Um, I've listened to a few of them. Okay, good deal. Um, so this is not a debate show. Um, we um we definitely saw where there was like a whole. Uh, hole in the issue with, um, people, the way the Christians, you know, interacted with unbelievers. And we, um, we aim to change that just a brief synopsis of that. So you won't get any, um, debate from us, or if we do, then we'll smack each other around in here. Sometimes we get in fist fights and we'll <laughs> smack each other around and then, and then we'll go back to not debating. <laughs> so, but I'm going to go around the room and, um, introduce, um, everybody in the room to you. So I got my executive producer, Mark in studio today. Hi, Eva. Hi, Mark. Um, my lovely wife, Angela. Hello. Hi. And my tall, dark, and handsome co-host, Larry. Hi, Eva. How are you doing? Hi, Larry. I'm doing well. How are you? Good. It's good to have you on today. And then I'm Zach. I'm the um, tan. Um, <laughs> I'm actually just I'm an average height, if we're going to be honest. I don't want to lie to you. I'm just... <laughs> I'm a fairly average looking. He's slightly man. over five foot four. I blend in in a crowd. Um, I don't really stand he, out. He doesn't or do blend. Anything he doesn't blend in because nobody can see him behind. Right. Him. <laughs> 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 no, I'm so, just giving a hard time. Yeah, he's a good kid. So um, he's a good kid. Yeah. Okay. I can um, see that. 
So welcome to the show, Eva. Thank you for joining us. Um, I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me on. I've, uh, I've watched your um, clips on the show and I, I think you're a sweetheart. I, I, I like the way that you approach, um, approach people. You, you're very nice. You, you had me cracking up one day because you got, you got a little wound up on somebody and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's her version of wound up. And it's like the, it's like the cutest thing because you don't, you don't really, I know you don't aim to hurt anybody's feelings, but you do get passionate about some of these issues, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool that you, um, it seems like we probably have common goals and that we're not really looking to fight with anybody, you know? Yeah, so, definitely. What, so what are you? I, I, I thought you were an atheist, but then I read your, um, whenever we friended each other on discord, I saw that you had a bunch of different titles there. What are you? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm an atheistic Satanist. So atheist, um, I, follow the ideology of the satanic temple um but yeah okay (laughs) and i i have pagan in my uh discord uh in username just because usually uh when christians refer to pagan they're referring to anything that's not christian um so yeah we have learned that over the we have uh learned that over the what last 40 some episodes we've done is that yeah. Pagan is considered really just anything that's not Christian. So, yeah. Um, so atheistic Satanist, that's cool. Um, uh, we, we've, I think you're our third, right? Third atheistic Satanist that we've had on or fourth, third or fourth. Yeah. And so you, you believe that you, you don't believe a God exists at all. You don't believe, you don't actually believe in Satan at all. Correct. Uh, correct. Okay. Do you practice the Anton LaVey? Uh, no, no. Um, Anton and Levan Satanism is more of uh, the Church of Satan, um, and I'm more of the Satanic Temple, which is a little bit different. Because that's what in, I was saying. Uh, ideology and things. We I was interviewing a um, an atheistic Satanist recently, and she said she does practice Anton Levay version of Satanism, but Anton Levay was not a atheist. Was he? Um, actually, I'm not sure, but uh, the the uh, Church of Satan that he founded was um based off of an atheistic premise. Oh, okay. Um, so cool. Yeah. Did you did you see that we put um Coco in at making clips? Do you know who Coco Medic is? Yeah, yeah, I know him. Did you see that we um put him making clips? for us I didn't actually yeah so I um I just it's it was going off this morning that's why I asked you I wanted to get your like live thoughts on it but um oh yeah last week I put um I put a video out I put Mm -hmm. a video out that I was looking for like an intern to help us um with our clips because I can't do it anymore it's it's just it's too busy and definitely um well and as you know there's no secrets that i i do believe in god and um i felt i felt like god was um leading me toward coco showed an interest in it i felt like god was leading me towards coco doing it and so i did and as you like your community first of all handled it really well i'm very um happy about how the atheist community handled it because there was one atheist that came in and was chewing coco out for even considering that and was like 
you know, how, how can you call yourself this? And then everybody else came in and was defending him and said like, well, why can't Christians and unbelievers be friends and do things like this together? Yeah, definitely. I agree. You know, but you'll have to go check it out. I wanted to get what your thoughts were on it because it kind of shook the ground a little bit more than what I thought it would. But I didn't. But since you haven't seen it, you'll have to you'll have to tell me later what you think about it. So what are the Christians yeah, coming with? Christians are just really, I'm actually kind of proud of them too. Normally I'm very discouraged by how our community acts with stuff like this and stuff that we do, but um, I was really, they just really congratulated him. That was congratulated him for, you know, that position. So that was it. Yeah. I was actually proud of both yeah. sides, man. For once. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely proud of Coco for that. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I don't see why we can't, like, this is what we're doing. We're, we're hanging out. We're having a conversation. Nobody's trying to convert anybody. So. Yeah. What, what, what's your background, Eva? Are, do you have a background in Christianity? Uh, yeah, I grew up in, I grew up Christian, more of like non-denominational, but like a mixture of like evangelical, Baptist, um, Pentecostal, um, some other ideologies that I forgot the names of. What do you but, think? Yeah. What, what do you think drove you drove you away from it? I think away from Christianity in general, or away from like believing in a god, because like they happened at separate times. Like I stopped being a Christian before I became an atheist. So I'm just wondering, uh, just for clarification purposes. Wow, that's interesting. Tell me, tell me about that. So you, so you stopped being a Christian, but then you still believed maybe something existed, or did you still believe in the Christian God, or how did that work? Um, it it was more like I still believed that the Christian God existed, but it was more like I couldn't um, justify in my mind like following the Christian God uh, based on the Bible and um, the ideology that I was, the theology I was taught growing up yeah, um, in conjunction with the Bible and stuff. So, yeah. So you found it kind of hard, but you're like, well, I still believe in this. And then you eventually separated from it. But what was it that drew you away from Christianity? I'm taking it was the Bible. Yeah, it was more of, I, I just started really reading it a lot. I read the whole Bible all the way through um, and a couple of, and I compared some different translations just to see like if there was anything that I could possibly be missing because at the time, like I really wanted to be a Christian, but at the same time, like there were some things in the Bible, some um, like things that God did that I feel like no matter what, humanity did couldn't really be justified like the just the the like genocides and things yeah that um god commanded or the ones that he performed himself like with the noah's flood and things um and also just some of the laws that he gave i felt i just it was just not what do you I don't really know how to phrase it? No, I mean I know exactly <laughs> what you're saying. We we've um yeah. we've interviewed a lot of people that that's it's a pretty common that's a pretty common thing that people say um about that. And I I mean I I get that. It's kind of 
I mean, me and Mark have talked recently in the last couple episodes about the idea of hell and how it makes us uncomfortable. Um, so being a, being a human and being fellow humans, I think it's impossible to not consider, um, those things when you're, um, considering following, um, God, you know, but what, yeah. what do you think about Jesus? Can you specify it? Like what, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, because typically people look at Jesus and God as two different, like most people will say, well, you know, we, we actually did have one person that was like, well, I'm okay with Yahweh, but I don't like Jesus surprisingly. But most people will say like, I'm cool with Jesus, but I don't like Yahweh. Like I like Jesus's teachings and stuff like that. Like, obviously you don't believe, so if you don't believe Yahweh, um, exist and you're not going to believe Jesus is God, but what do you, what do you think about the story of Jesus? I think that Jesus may have been like a real person and he may have had like some good teachings, but I think that, um, a lot of the supernatural stuff that, people said about him may have been made up after the fact just because we have no um, evidence of those supernatural things being possible or like actually happening. We don't have any concrete proof, just like the, um, just the accounts in the Bible. So I I think that, I mean, some of his teachings are good, but also at the same time, they can be, uh, mistranslated and misused by a lot of people. I think the, I think the same, I have thought the same thing before. Like I think of like how likely things are, you know, just from my experience mm-hmm. of dealing with humans. And if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the, mm-hmm. the gospels, you, you'll be able to tell pretty quickly that those was, those were absolutely written by humans. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, well I used to be, I used to be in law enforcement and I used to, um, I used to read like other officers um, narratives um, based off their police reports. And you would, you would get three different cops um, and they would write three very different accounts of things that happened. And they would have seen it that night on the same night, not, and not 70 years later. And I'm like, you guys are writing something completely different that happened here. (laughs) You know what I mean? You guys were all there on the same night and this happened tonight, bro. Like, what are you doing, man? Like you guys can't even remember you know, so you could tell that yeah. hum- humans wrote the Bible, but I start thinking of like in likelihood is like, how likely is it that maybe one of these guys saw one of the miracles that was messed up or botched or something, or, or maybe they saw something that was unclear or something like that. But then I also start thinking, how likely is it that all of them were like, like botched or something like that? If you think about it, if only, if, if only one of the miracles is true, then that's that's enough for me. Don't you, what do you think about that? I I often think um where's the big conspiracy? Why why would a a man come here that wasn't God teach the things that he taught, set himself claim during those teachings that he was going to be sacrificed and killed for all of humanity over and over again, stated over and over again. John stated it. Christ himself stated it. Um, what's the end purpose of something like that? 
I mean, if he was just a man, why would you do that to yourself? I mean, I honestly would say the same thing about a lot of people who start like cults that are really harmful. Like, and I mean, I'm not trying to be like, um, trying to like dismiss your point of view or whatever, but like, no, please give us your, yeah, give us your point of view. That's what you're here for. Yeah. I just, I just feel that like at some point, at some point, like you could say that about most of the religions that have existed and like a lot of like cults that have been started and things that are things that have also um, happened historically. She's talking about all the people. But that's my problem with Jesus. He's the one who didn't do that. Mm hmm. He didn't start a death cult. He didn't preach violence. He had one of his disciples chopped off the ear of the guard and he, he, healed, he it, yeah. healed it. And he said, don't, this is not what we're about, right? There was no end game. Nobody was making Jesus money. Jesus didn't even want to die. Right. He, he asked, he asked God to he take, asked God cup. To take this yeah. cup from him, but he, he knew he came and, into the, I mean, he came into the world as a lamb. That's why I'm saying that's what blows my mind yeah. is because there's no comparison to any other cult leader. Eva, your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I, sorry, let me, let me think of how I want to phrase this. Go ahead. Um, She's trying to be nice, Mark. She's trying to think of nice things that she can say. That's okay. We're just, I'm um, just, like to hear her input. You could be mean if you want, Eva. You could Sorry, say- yeah, sorry. I'm just, I'm not trying, no, it's not that. I'm just trying to think of the best way to word this, because sometimes I have a hard time phrasing sentences. Um, <laughs> that are coherent so well we are on um, episode 49 same girl (laughs) we we have we have we have had 49 conversations like this right i go back and and when i edit this show and i go back and listen to myself talk i'm like you're an idiot and why anybody would ever want to listen to you is baffling to me that ain't you i'm like did it did it did it did it i'm so stupid but yeah i okay i go ahead Sorry. Okay. So one thing uh, Larry mentioned was um, that Jesus actually didn't want to die. And like, he didn't, he didn't want that. That wasn't his will. And the pro that I was thinking about that and how, like it also, if that's true, it doesn't make sense for him to be God. Because if, if God wanted to, if God was the one who wanted um, Jesus to be um, sacrificed, and it was his will for Jesus to be sacrificed for our sin, then wouldn't it make sense that if Jesus was God, that they would have the same will, that they would want the same thing? But like Jesus makes it very obvious that it wasn't his will for that to happen. It was a human. So, so he was having a human I moment. Just, is what it was like, in my opinion, that's what it was. Is like, he was, he was both fully God and fully human. And he was at that moment, he was having a fully human. And really what he was saying, it was like, Hey, um, I want your will to be done. So his want was his will. But if there was any other way that we could get this done, 
then let me know. And then he was met with silence. And so he knew that, that he had to do, he had to, that, that was the only way. I mean, that would be the, another problem that I would have was that if God is supposed to be all powerful, then he could have made it possible for there to be another way than for that to have to have than for uh, the human sacrifice to have to happen. If he's all powerful, he can make things however he wants them to be. What if he and could so, What then what, what he if, wouldn't be all powerful? Cause like if he couldn't, he wouldn't be all powerful. I've heard this a lot and I've heard this a lot recently and I don't really know even how to explain this, but it, it makes sense like people saying God can't make a square circle. You know, and that then that makes him not all powerful because he can't make a square circle. Right. Like he set the rules. And that's what I'm saying. Like, what if. What if that was the only way, Larry, you got some. OK, go ahead. No, I'm smiling, so I'm not frowning. Oh, no, I'm. God is a righteous God. He created an environment. He put rules in place. And he himself has to follow those rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he could make everybody just follow God. He could have done that from the beginning. He could have? Could have. But that's not what he wanted. What he wanted was us to have the ability to say no to him or to say yes. But what Eva's saying is that basically what Eva's saying according is to he's the all rules powerful. That he said, yeah. According to the rules that he said. And then she's saying, if he could, then that make then she doesn't want to. Basically, well, is that what you're saying? That if he if he could have made it a different way. Another part of our problem as humans is we overestimate our intelligence. We think we need to know it all so that we can make a an opinion of something. That's not what faith is about, anyway. You know, it's very interesting you know? to hear her say that because I used to have that kind of same deal. I was like, why, why this? Why is, why the way it says in the Bible, why? And I had somebody tell me one time, do you think we're not being, do you think, are you so arrogant as to think that God only made you? That he wasn't around creating things millennial, millennia, or even beyond that, that you have no concept of? You mean because he's beyond time? Right. He's he's not affected by time? Right. He's so, not affected by matter. Right. So could this all be happening, uh, as it, I think it states somewhere in the Bible, all creation is bearing witness to what's happening. And I, I think it goes back to the free will versus if you're a creator, if I put myself in God's place and I create something and I want, what, what is the one thing all of us want? Companionship, um, relationship, love, right? Mm-hmm. Would I create a bunch of automatons? I might, when I was first creating, I might do that. But then I would find out really soon that there was nothing really special about that relationship because they didn't have a choice but to love me. Right. So eventually I would end up creating something that had free will because I would want genuine relationship with something that, because I am God, something I would want their adoration because of who and what I was. But then we still come to that issue, the issue of like, why would you even create one person if that one person was going to go to hell? Does your child 
do everything that you think it ought to? No. Why? I don't know. Well, because it has an ability to think on its own. Yeah. You didn't give it that ability, but it does have that ability. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I get what Eva said. It's it's difficult, isn't it, Eva? It's hard. I just, yeah. I just, I also feel like even with what you're saying, it's like, it's hard to have a, any sort of like, it's like, a re- I feel like in my, from my experience, like a relationship with God was more like a long distance relationship where one partner and that partner being God doesn't talk to the other person at all and just like ghost them while the other person is doing everything that they can to <laughs> make sure that, um, that the needs of the other person are met or like they, um, or that they're, um, like engaging with them, but then it's like, it's, it's a one way street really. I mean, yeah. there was a time when I felt like, when I felt like I felt like God's presence and um, things like that. But at the same time, it's also, I'm just, it's, I'm very skeptical. Yeah. You you said it felt like a one way street. I'm going to tell you a story about where um, I thought the same thing. And sometimes I still do, but I, now I know why it's a one way street. Sometimes I should say. So um, one time I was in the shower and God has always spoke to me in the shower. And I asked God one day, I was like, God, why do you only speak to me in the shower? And I heard him plain as day. I heard him say, it's the only time I can get you away from your devices. And I was like, I felt super convicted, but I still never put down my devices. You know, it's like, okay, well, cool. I guess we'll just talk in the shower then, you know? And then, um, and then I was reading this story about, um, there's this guy in the Old Testament named Gideon. And I'm just going to tell you, like, I don't know, I don't remember the whole story, but I remember reading a part of the story um, that made me realize that God speaks to us today the same way he did back then. Because there was a part in the story where Gideon, um, God had given Gideon a command to do something, and it was something that was really difficult, and and it seemed impossible to Gideon. And Gideon's like, okay, I'll do it, but you better give me a sign that this is really you telling me to do this because if it's you telling me to do mm-hmm. this, then I don't have to be afraid. I'm going to go. I'm going to go if it's you, but I want to make sure it's you. So it's like if God was directly talking to Gideon, he would have had no question whether it was God or not because that's almost like every time we talked about this last episode where I was like, is this really God telling me to do this or what? Like I'm frustrated, you know? Um, and so that that tells me that there's usually some type of environment or mindset or something that we have to get in to be able to hear God and recognize God all the time. And the story of Gideon leads me to believe that it's always been that way. And unfortunately I don't have the answer of exactly what we have to do to get in that mindset. Yeah. I I like what she said, (laughs) comparing or I identify with in periods of my life with comparing, comparing God to, one the, a long distance long distance yeah. relationship and I'll, I'll, honestly daddy's coming home he's coming home next week oh he's coming home next week okay now it's going to be 10 more years and he's coming home he's coming home oh 10 okay i can yeah. made it 10 years oh we're in the end times as a christian i can relate to that because the promise is daddy's coming home 
Yeah, our, we don't know when. Our groom's coming home, but it just seems like with every generation, every generation thinks this is the moment when it's going to, and then it doesn't happen. Can I be vulnerable with you I mean, for a it second? just kind of feels like the dad who went out for the milk and never came back. That's <laughs> son of a gun. Right. Uh, I'm going to be vulnerable with you for a second. My pride doesn't want to tell you this, Eva, but I'm going to, I'm going to tell you this, okay? Um, sometimes I get bugged. I get bothered because... Um, like when an atheist brings up a really good point that I don't have an answer to, right? Atheist brings up like a really good point when, which it's, you know, a lot of the time it happens a lot, you know? Um, I, sometimes I'll pray to God afterwards. I'll be like, I'll be like, why would you leave me here? Abandon, not giving me the answers to these guys' question. Like you want me to evangelize for you. You started this whole podcast so I could evangelize to people that don't believe, you know, and then they bring up all these questions that I don't have answers to. And you just leave me there swimming with a weight on is what it feels like, you know, and it bothers me sometimes. I didn't want to say that because then it makes me look like, you know, well, but it's not my job anyway to be a, a debater or anything. Well, you know? here's the cool thing. Um, you found the answer for that in the very description of your podcast. We're, we're not Christian apologetics. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to convince her or, or anybody else. And yeah. It's just, we need to hear her story, which I, I think is awesome. And I, I agree. You know, I, I totally identify with some of the things that you've said, sweetheart. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I do too. We, we all do. We're human, we're human, you know, like, and it's just, I think that's where unbelievers have lost some respect for believers is because they can smell it on them. They can smell the truth on them. And they're trying to hide the fact that they struggle with some of the same things that they do. And then the Christian tries to separate themselves from the unbeliever saying like, oh no, yeah. you just do that because you were never saved mm-hmm. or you just lack faith. Or you just do yeah, this. Yeah, definitely. And they try to separate themselves from them. And then the unbeliever goes, the unbeliever goes, ah, no, I this, smell BS on you. This doesn't ring. Right. Yeah. And then they lose yeah. respect for, you know, but that's all I can do. That's all I can be as honest to you, Eva, is that like, I, I get the struggles. I get the struggles, but. Yeah, definitely. So I get it. Um, It's tough. Yeah. Just, you know, I only got about 10 more minutes. I've been watching it for you. Yep. I've, right. I've been watching the time for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm make sure I get you out of here. Oh, we got to do the we got to do the rounds since we we kind of um, scallywagged off here. So we got to do the rounds so we can get her out of here. Um, Mar- oh, do you know what the rounds are, Eva? Uh, no. Okay. So at the end of every show, we go around and everybody says something in closing, and then since you're our guest, you get the last um, the last uh, saying. And so we're gonna go ahead and start doing that. That way, we can get you out of here on time. Okay. All right. Awesome. Um, thank you for being on, Eva. It was great. Uh, of course. Uh, on the limited limited amount of time we had, it was great listening and, and talking to you. And and I, you know, like I said again, I, I totally identify with, with some of the things you're saying. I How old are you, Eva? 18. 18. Yeah. Don't you, you do it, Larry. And I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to say, I just remember being younger and being exactly where you were at. I, I remember that. I remember um, judging. And it's It was almost like the same period of time. I, I started doing a little earlier when I started judging my parents. Um, for me, that started happening at about 15. Uh, 
14, 15, um, I started judging my parents and then I started judging God. Um, and frankly, it was all authority figures. I started to question, um, because, you know, some of it didn't seem to make much sense to me. And a lot of the things that I saw was huge amounts of hypocrisy because my parents were humans um, in my parents. And so, you know, I lost a little bit of respect for my parents during that, that period of time. And then I saw a lot of people, sick people, you know, churches are full of They're like hospitals. But back when I was being uh, when I was coming up, they, they were the worst kind of hospital because they were pretentious. They were like a hospital, like a sane asylum, but yet on the inside, but yet on the outside, they were like whitewashed. And it was like, you know, uh, this is how you're supposed to live. I'm better than you because I do this, that, and the other. You don't. Um, if you don't get baptized, you're going, you know, you're not part of the club. Anyway, I, you know, I just identify with some of the things you're saying. And, and you know, I didn't stay there. And, you know, I, you're going to evolve. Your belief system are going to evolve, too. Um, and, you know, there's nothing... The one thing I want to tell you is there's nothing that God likes more. And so you may stay away from this, but remember this for a period of your time. If you start thinking, maybe I would like to start talking to him. He loves to wrestle. He absolutely loves to wrestle. The son uh, of a gun's good at it too, dude. Yeah, I mean, the story of Jacob, it's Jacob, right? That, that wrestled with him all night. God loves to wrestle with his children. The Bible's full of that. And he loves people who ask questions. And, uh, so you're right. You know, I, I was right where you were at 18 and, and, uh, you know, I just, I just wish blessings on your sister and, and, uh, and thanks for being on the program. Okay. Larry, make it quick. I'm trying my best. You want me to do mine real quick? Yeah. Okay. I had the verse and then I don't know. I lost it. Eva, thanks for coming on. Um, I've, like I said, I've watched you, um, and how you conduct yourself, um, is very mature. Um, and I, I enjoy watching you conduct yourself. I think you're um, a good um, a good example for your community. And I appreciate the way you do it. Um, and hopefully we can interact with each other more in the future. Um, I, think you, I think it's really cool how you um, conduct yourself. And I think we need more people like us out there, no matter what side we're on. So, um, okay, Larry, go ahead. Eva, I appreciate you coming on. I typically read a verse. And this one would be 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. I just want to leave that with you. And uh, I I appreciate it. that You know, you're coming on and you're taking the time to talk to us. Thank you so much. Okay, Eva, the floor is yours. It's all yours. You got, well, you got about five minutes. You can say whatever you want. All right. Um, honestly, it was, it was great talking with you guys. Uh, I've got, I got to see some, uh, some, uh, I like getting to know your point of view. Um, I just, uh, I do want to mention that at, at this point, I, I do think that even if, someone could prove um, God's existence to me, I still wouldn't be a Christian. Um, 
inspired with it would mean I would believe in his existence again but um I just don't think I could ever go back uh to that just that lifestyle and the way it was affecting my mental health um was just not good for me at the time and I don't think it will ever be good for me in the future but um I I I genuinely liked getting to know see your guys' point of view and I definitely don't judge anyone who uh who does live um in accordance with uh Christianity because some some people it's it's genuinely uh helpful to their walk in life and uh yeah is there anything else you guys want to nope. know from me Um no no you go you're going to work right Yeah Okay. I wish you a good day at work. And um All right. and I'll see you around on on the interwebs. Thanks for being on. All right. Okay. Have a good day. Around. All right, bye. All right, you as well. Bye. She really is. She's uh she's a sweetheart. She she conducts herself really well on the internet with people and I've seen her before where somebody will say something kind of hateful to her and she'll make a video response and she's like, "Oh, you little stinker." You know, and she'll but she she uh responds very intelligently to people. Um, and the only thing I would say is like, yeah, that's the, I, I believe, you know, Satan from the very beginning, Satan from the very beginning has been, um, molding people's opinions of God. And now he, like, I believe he's made this, this, um, scapegoat. It's like, okay, all right. Maybe we're getting to where, cause if you notice, man, there was a period of time in there where, there was people that were genuinely building a case for God not existing at all. And most people, there were people that could get on board with it. And in fact, it was getting pretty popular where atheists were an actual thing. But now atheists are still a thing, but people are like, no, oh, there might be a God, you know? So we're getting to the point where it's like, well, there, there probably is something out there, maybe something out there. But even if he is there, have you not read about that guy? in the Bible, you know, so now there's all these caveats, you know what I mean? There's all these caveats. That's where, that's where I hold on to my faith. It's like, okay, there's always been an enemy that has been chipping away at God's character, man. And if God really is who he says he is and says he's all good and everything he does is out of love and he is the epitome of love, then what if it is true that that those opinions of God killing everybody and stuff like that is all a facade created by the enemy. Yeah. I, you know, it's, that's a very interesting question. I, I have a completely different experience as reading since I came back to the faith, since I, you know, God gave me uh, deliverance from innumerable things that I won't go into, but I'm reading the Bible my wife has never read the Bible. I was raised and then departed from the church like so many of the unbelievers here. And so I'm reading the Bible to her um, from front to back. And where I'm at now is in Psalms. And reading the whole Exodus and all of that, I, I just feel this huge love for God. I don't see a judgmental... Um, um, terrorist that's just wiping people off the earth left and right. What I see is 
a loving God that created us and wants our love and wants loyalty, just like you do with your wife. He wants a very personal, interpersonal relationship where we rely upon him like a child. He went, he's our father. But yet humankind is <clears throat> stiff-necked and fickle. And, you know... Um, I want everyone around me to be loyal, even if I barely know you. If I've picked your gum wrapper off the ground, you better be loyal to me. I mean, me. what does modern psychology teach? There's a reason for boundaries. I mean, if you don't have boundaries with your children, if they break, you lay down the way they should live because you know best. And you know best because you've had experience. Yeah, for no other reason. For no other reason than that. And you set these boundaries, the child crosses it. Yeah. And I've watched, witnessed over and over with parents are like, oh, well, the kid made me laugh. So because Mm -hmm. he made me laugh, the rules change. And that Mm -hmm. kid turns into a terrorist. Yeah. An absolute abject failure as an adult somebody that ruins and destroys people over and over again because they were never taught that there's repercussions when 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 you cross these lines there's repercussions all we are is the big picture of that how how could god make those rules and what kind of sycophant would he be if he made those rules and then said oh for you since you made me laugh you don't have to buy the fact that he rules. even I'm going to bend him over here. The fact Can that you imagine he, the pain it causes him. Yeah. That yeah. it's caused him when he, when he had to wipe out that whole generation because all they would do, none of them would listen except for Noah. Can you imagine the pain and heartache? Otherwise, why make a rainbow and vow and promise humankind? I'll never do it again. I'll never wipe out the world again. With until water. the end. Yeah. With water. <laughs> well, w- yeah. what he means is this is, this thing's going to the end. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to let my anger. I'm not, the resolution was coming. Jesus Christ was coming. That, that yeah. was the resolution. But well, that's I, what I'm saying. He didn't even have, he didn't have to do that though. That's what I'm saying. Like, right. that's like wherever, I mean, we've all been screwed over by someone before that you've helped, that you went out on your way. Like I had this week, I had a huge uh, mental breakdown because of people I've helped. I went out of my way for, and it does not stop them from screwing you over. Mm -hmm. Helping someone out and going out of your way does not stop them from hurting you. Nope. How many people know that, right? God did not have to sin. It, It doesn't say... Um, well, because you guys couldn't get it right, God sent his only begotten son. It says, because he loved you, he sent his only. Well, it's even deeper than this, and this is what blows my mind, is because he gave us a choice, so there had to be a Satan, there had to be an alternate choice, and there had to be God. And and I'm sure Satan was like, I got you, buddy. The result of sin is death. You've set the boundary. I'm going to own you. I am going to twist and turn these people against you. And God said, oh, I got one even better than that. I'm going to take ownership of my creation, and I'm going to die for them. And I'm going to pay that price. He didn't change the rules. He fulfilled the rules. That's yeah. That just gives me chills. That's love. Yeah. That's deep, he didn't change abiding it. Yeah. love. He fulfilled it. That's crazy. He didn't have to do yeah, that. See, I get a whole different concept when I read the Bible yeah. than, than people who are 
than many of the people that listen to this podcast. There's a lot of people. Different. There's a lot of people out there that get a different perspective of, of the Bible the second or third time they read it too. Sometimes they get that, and I wouldn't blame you if you did get a weird version because I read through the Old Testament. You remember that, and there's a lot of things that make me go. And I was like back then too. I was like, like um, almost like Larry to the point I'd chop your ear off if you talk bad about God. You know. And there were still some spots where it made me go, hey, whoa, man, like, what? this can't be saying that. Whoa, like, hey, Larry, what's this? And Larry would be like, well, I'm... <laughs> go back to John, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he would be like, you know, I was like, there were some like, things it, I was like, whoa, it, you know? It's but. hard for us to understand that we don't understand God. We do not think his way. We do not know his ways. I mean, we're supposed to learn his ways by following him. Silly to think that we would, though. Even You can't comprehend. You, your finite mind cannot comprehend an infinite being. That's it's what I'm that saying. It's silly, it's silly to think that we could. These, these, well, that's just like, yeah, it is. And it's just like these scientists that want to continually prove this, there, and another. And they haven't proven anything. They've given you hypothesis because there is no proof to their their thought process either but we choose to go oh that's a fact is it because you don't have any proof in your hand yeah what is a hypothesis it's an educated guess (laughs) we have hypotheses here too so i anything that we say as christians are educated guesses that's just like uh uh, uh, that's science i was thinking about darwin's darwin's (laughs) theory okay it's it was a theory Mm -hmm. that means unproven Still not it's, proven. And it's still not. You're right. But it's yet we're going to teach it because it it's just not creation. As long as we don't have to teach creation, we'll teach anything. Okay. Uh, actually, ants formed you. Right. Ants used all the molecules of the dirt, and they made you. And then they got to start. I mean, it, it really, I, I, I'm surprised scientists haven't come up with that i was thinking today by the way i was thinking today that the first thing that came to my head was if if we even if we had proof of god's existence today we would just move the bar again of what exactly because i think i think we i think we have gotten closer to proving god today than what we did 10 years ago like i think the existence of god is still coming up there's still yeah. stuff that come comes up. I I get to see some of the, the information coming across on the internet, but it is this proved this that said that in the Bible. Well, you know the and Bible has like, like eight, here here's a worldly 8, item. Here's a worldly item with the written script that they can actually see that proves that King David actually existed. Okay, I mean it's like there it is. Yeah, there's your proof that the that Bible, you know, the biblical information was correct. Scholars use the Bible for the timelines and the time frames. They're cross-referenced back and forth so much it's unbelievable, and yet people that have no education and no understanding will stand in your face and swear that there's no way that you can prove that there is a God. Yeah. Okay. Well, think about this though. <laughs> it's like. Right. Technically, technically, we put um, we put people on death row. Um, I mean, I, I want to say every day. I don't know how often people go on death row, but technically, by by the fact of jury trial, we put people on death row 
And we technically don't prove that they did what they, beyond a reasonable doubt. Yeah, but somebody set the bar of reasonable doubt. There's often times that you could that you could create a doubt that that guy whether that guy did it or not. Well, we also don't know it's exactly what's in, what's going on in the jury in the back room that one person had reasonable doubt and 11 beat the crap out of him so that he would go along with the other 11 so that we mm-hmm. could go home and have dinner. But what I'm saying is is you can't I mean, technically hey, it's prove just one dude's life, no big deal. Even though they have all this evidence pointing towards the fact that he did it, right? You're still not technically proving that he did unless you have a smoking gun, right? I, I, I think that's, and that is, and that's listening to people who don't, some people that don't believe say, well, I, I would need, I would need proof. And, and that's when I think the perverse side of humanity would come out. It's like that Star Trek episode. You remember when that woman was like, she was shaking the whole society and she was like terrorizing them and she could zap out of one place and into another and she was like i'm the great you know blah 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 whoever it is you know that's what people would accuse god of being if he came down like instead of splitting the time and space if he just came down and just hovered in the air and started talking to a city um there would be some kind of, oh that's obviously alien technology way beyond our capabilities yeah, we keep moving the bar we keep moving yep. the bar and yeah, that, i think that, we had a good I got a question. I got a question for both of you, and I want you to be. I want you to be honest. I know sometimes I jerk, but I want you How to be come honest. He always questions honesty, and then he looks at me. <laughs> no, I, let's be no, honest. <laughs> I'm looking at no. I'm looking at you guys, and I'm telling you, I'm giving you the okay mm-hmm. to just be. Tell me exactly what's on your mind. I want to know exactly what's on your mind when I ask you this question. Okay, and without sugarcoating it, I want. I want to know. I want to know the answer to this question. Do you that. have your mucklucks on? Because you're getting ready to step in the mud. No, nope. <laughs> I know what I'm okay with getting into it, but it's just I'm genuinely curious, and I want to ask Mark first, but because I feel a certain way, and I want to know you guys is how you guys feel. But whenever, because we've had it happen multiple times, where a person will say, "Okay, let's just say we can prove God exists," and let's say we did, still wouldn't. How does that? How does that make you feel? When someone says that. Mm. Sad. Makes me feel sad. Um, but and then there's a part of me is like, all right, well. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You know, I'm sorry. You know, we're honestly like this. Like the doors closed. Yeah. Like, like Jesus says, I love people. And I, I don't want to see anybody lost and I don't want to see anybody refuse their creator. But I mean, even Christ himself, you know, it just feels like it's finished. I mean, what's, what more is there to talk about? It makes me real sad too, because, um, they've already drawn a conclusion, but I guess there's still a little hope in me, you know, for her, like. There's still some hope. It's like, well, maybe something happens because she's so young still. That oh, you're, if you're talking about Eva, yeah, and, and that age group, then yeah. I just I just wink and say, as you will, sweetheart, because the, the simple fact is, I remember being there, and I'm not trying to belittle anything that Eva said. Yeah, she believes what she believes right now, but I, I remember when I. But it's based on limited information, right? And and wh- she's still got a whole lot of life to. Experience. She's got a whole lot of That's life my point. and a whole lot of pain to suffer alone 
but I get a pit in my stomach because I don't know what to do when someone says that because how do you prove that God's good or how do you build a case for him? Because Satan is building a case for God being bad. Satan is well into his um, final statements. Yes, but how do you? That's the whole difference between Satan and God, to be honest with you. Satan's out there yelling and screaming it, and God is not. Well, the guy that the guy that's back in the corner not telling you how he is is usually the guy that is secure in the way he is. And the guy that's screaming about like someone's screaming about your character, then they're normally the insecure ones, you know. Satan's the cancel culture. How does it make you feel like I get a pit in my stomach when I hear that? It's like I feel like it's 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 lost, like, oh my gosh, like what are we gonna do? You know, like how does it make you feel when you hear that? Saddened. Yeah. To the very core. Because at 18 years old, you have made a decision that's going to affect your eternity. Yeah. Whether you believe it or not doesn't matter. Yeah. Just because you don't believe in God doesn't make him not real. Yeah. Just because you don't believe in this, in the uh, consequences of your actions doesn't make you... <laughs> Yeah, not liable for those consequences. That, that's a good word. Not liable. She's for, drawing for that line in the sand. She's mm-hmm. not leaving it open, and it yeah. and it's and it's scary. It scares me. You know to what I mean? 18, like, to be eighteen years old and make that particular stand. Yeah. As well, even if he did prove himself, I I don't I wouldn't follow him. Well, she's like I said. Satan, what more could I say? Satan has right. made a case for him being for God being bad. I believe I personally believe well, it's Satan. She's, cert- she's certainly living in the because uh, I know evil will listen to this. I want to say that's that. my belief is that I believe that God's character isn't really the way that He's being portrayed. But Zach, she's you got a choice. You know, I mean, even you don't have it. You, you only have yes or no choice. That's all there is. Okay, that's the truth of it. But we all want to live in the middle. Yeah. We want the parts that we believe here and the parts that we believe here. People like me are over here. Right. Okay. Eva and her lifestyle is here. She doesn't want to live in the middle. She doesn't want to try to figure anything out. She's at 18, less than a third of my age, has made a decision that this is the way I want to be for the rest of my life. The problem and the sadness comes from, I don't know if tomorrow's the last day. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, that's I don't, where my problem we had, is, too. The fear it, for her is you may not have time to grow out of that. That's what I kind we of was had a thinking young lady, about this. Hold on a minute. We had a young lady here at this church who her boyfriend on a Sunday afternoon at 18 years old or Sunday morning, early in the morning, he was doing what he wasn't supposed to do, which was ride a motorcycle after dark, blah, blah, blah. Whatever happened. He died. 18 years old. When? Last week? A couple of, couple of months. Or, okay. No, it's less than a month ago, right? Less than a month ago. Okay. Uh, actually, our friend Drew um, knew exactly who I was talking about because he was in the emergency room that night. Uh, or ICU that night. Okay. So, um, the sadness comes from... I don't know when my next breath is. I've said this a, more than likely 49 times. Well, you don't know when Jesus is going to come back. That's one thing. 
The other thing is, that's on a world plane. This is on a personal plane. I could have died December of 2020. I could have died in a head-on collision in March of 2011. I could have died when I hit the wall at 110 on the motorcycle and on Belle Isle. I could, I mean, I can sit here and just go through a list of stuff for you of days that my days could have ended right then. It doesn't have to wait until the rapture. I don't know when my last breath is. Yeah. So to be able to discount something that strongly. It's a big deal. With that limited experience is amazing to me. Yeah. And I can stand here and say that because, I mean, I got a daughter in the same boat. Yeah. You know, based on her feelings and what her information is and what her opinion is, she's based her existence in eternity on that, regardless of any of the examples that she had in place before her. Yeah. And it saddens my heart. Yeah. I mean, so those do you blame things, yourself sometimes for her yeah, not believing? Sure do. Why not? Yeah. I mean, I could have forced her. I mean, yeah, that would have worked well. Let me go through the list. I could have forced her mom to go to church. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I could have not married her mom and then not ever divorced my first wife. <laughs> Obviously, that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, I know. You can't go back I know. in time. There's no, there, yeah, what am I going to regret? But your kid- I wasn't living in, in the example that I needed to be for any of my kids, but I got two of them that are following God. Yeah, but they, no matter. Not, not no matter anything that I've done. No matter how you live, though, they all got free will, so it doesn't matter. They're all going to have to make the choice no matter how. Each you, person you know. has that choice to make. Yeah. That's one thing we know. We don't believe it. We know it. Yeah. There's only two choices. Like you said, yes or no. God's will or my will. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're either accepting the gift or not. Right. You know, it's just, uh, I tried my will. I just don't understand what, what, I guess what angers me so much is people being mad at God for setting the rules that they can live by. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. It, God created you. I didn't live right. I would have suffered the consequences if I'd have died in any of those things that I mentioned, except for the PE. Well, you know, that's interesting, Larry, because never once in my trials and triviality or <laughs> out there, when I say going out, going out there, leaving the church, going out there and chasing all the fleshly things, never once in my head was I like, uh, yeah, God ain't right for making rules against this. I was like, I'm doing wrong. I know straight up I'm doing wrong. I knew. I am the rebel child, man. You know, I don't, I don't, I, you set the rules. They're probably good rules, but watch me go. No matter what, watch this. No matter what religion that you actually grew up in, you had an understanding that there was a God, there was a heaven and there was a hell and there's a Satan. No matter what, they all have some form of that, right? Yeah. Okay. Sweetheart. Yes. Before you came to the Lord, did you know anything about heaven? Okay. What would have happened if you had died? 
on one of the many motorcycle times that you and I were racing down the highway at a well over a hundred miles an hour. If a blowout would happen, what would happen to you? I would not have went to heaven. Do you ever think about that? Did you really think about it? No. Do you think about it now? Yes. You're like, man, I'm glad, grateful. Yeah. Yes. Every day I think that's what I think about. Not everybody's going to get that opportunity that those second chances, you know, no, the last generation won't. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have actually had to stand before God. I mean, in my, in my thought process, I don't, I don't have any scripture to back this up, but I would have had to stand before God on the day of judgment day. If I had had a wreck and killed her and he would hold her actions against me as well. Because I ended her life before her that makes sense. choice. And yeah. I knew, I know, I was raised to know that there is a God, there's a heaven, there's a hell, there's a consequences for my actions. And I honestly believe that God would have held her life on my, on my shoulders right. accountable. Because you're the leader. Because I knew. Right. Because I knew she didn't really know. Right. She knew about. So, so she the, didn't know. Right. Dude, I sat down. Oh, and, wait. I, I'm sorry. I wanted, to, I wanted to say this. You know, we say this generation might not have the opportunity. From our readings in Revelation, I don't not necessarily sure that's true. Because according to the Bible, when Jesus comes back in that generation, his church is going to go up and meet him. Right. And then the time of trouble, the time of tribulation is going to come upon Where, him. Yeah. I just don't want her to have to go through the time of tribulation because Whoa. it's going to be straight up nutty. Well, see, that's that's, one that's thing. what's going to make next week so interesting. That's what kills me about the book of Revelation that killed me when I read it was that um, like after the, after the rapture happens, right, and then God starts doing all these signs and wonders, much like the deal with Moses, right, where... It's just fascinating that none of the Egyptians were like, whoa, this this like cat god that this guy's selling us isn't sending locusts and frogs and well, now bloody rivers and, right. you know, and like in the book of Revelation that all this stuff happens and then at the end of everything it still says, and still there were some that still didn't believe and I'd be going, what? And then I'd be reading more and God does this and this and this and this and this. And And there were still, and I'm like, what? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? Like, are you kidding me? And so like my, my point is from reading that, that God's going to give people plenty of opportunities to repent and believe the gospel. Okay. Almost plenty. Almost everybody has heard about the rapture one way or another. Okay. Somebody messaged us this week and said, hey, I'm Lutheran. I've genuinely never heard of the rapture. What is it? And I responded. I, I just I just yeah, gave like a little. Did you ju- say, definitely watch episode 50. I said, I said poof, bye-bye. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still on the fence about it. I'm hoping. I'm yeah. hoping. But I was always raised that we're going to be, all of us are going to be here during the time of trouble. But that, well, We'll have this conversation yeah. after next week. Yes. Oh, It'll yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, after next I, week. I, I want to believe because I've been it's reading next some other things that are yeah. very interesting. Next week we have a guest on and we will also He's a have, rapture denier. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He, he believes oh, that there and Pastor is no Gary. Oh, bring your GoPro next week. Oh, yeah. is Pastor Gary going to be yeah. here? Yeah, he's going to be here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to hear this. Absolutely. Yeah. I told you, yeah. next week you're going to really enjoy and it's to be honest with you you i'm a rapture i know you don't want 
You're a rapture agnostic. Yeah, I I, I have no knowledge. I have a, a little bit of what I think, just enough to cast, cast doubt on what everybody says. Pastor Gary, so, Pastor Gary will, uh, will bring uh, Pastor Gary brings scripture with it, yeah. and everything he does, Pastor Gary brings scripture, and he's been studying for well over forty years. So, if anybody would convince you, it'd be him. Yeah. You know what you brought up er- earlier was um, very interesting. What about the Holy Spirit being able to give you wisdom? And what you, the more I read this, I mean, like, okay, if I've never read, I'm just doing this because, okay, obviously I've read this one. If I've never read 57, uh, Isaiah 57, 17, I would not know that I was enraged by his sinful greed. Mm. Okay. Right. I would not know that. All right. I punished him and hid my face in anger. I don't even know how that goes right now, okay? So I wouldn't understand that scripture. I wouldn't have it in me. The Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit's not going to pull that out of me to to share with somebody. Right. right. Right? Because I would not have no knowledge of it. But if I had read the whole complete Bible, worded it, saw it, it's in here somewhere, and I come across Billy Bob, and Billy Bob needs to hear, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, including you, Billy Bob, will go to heaven. Well, you saw how God used John 3.16, the most popular Bible verse of all time. Yeah. He used Kibo. it. I didn't actually sit down and, like, I could memorize it and I could say it, but whenever God brought what it actually meant to that guy that was on the show, Alan, mm-hmm. uh, Pagan Alan, and it's like, Oh, what that Bible verse actually means is Holy Spirit revealed to me right then was that God loved us first. That's the whole reason why he sent him. Mm-hmm. Wasn't because he loved Jesus wasn't, and reluctantly sent him. It wasn't because he's trying to clean up a mess he'd accidentally yeah. made. Whoops, looks like I gotta send Jesus. It's no, it's be- all designed yeah. from the beginning. But that's a cool way of saying like that, like the Holy Spirit reveals to us. Um things of the scripture, the word of God. It's living, it's breathing, it's alive. It's pretty when you, cool. When you put it in you, God can pull it out of you. I want to believe in And that's rapture. what the Holy Spirit does. I can't wait till next week. Well, I remember, uh, here's what I can say. The only Bible verse I remember that led me to believe that it was true was I remember John was taken up into heaven and there was still stuff going on on earth and then John saw people standing at the gates and that there was too many of them to, to count. So... I remember reading that oh. in the book of Revelation. He said that that there's more than the sands of the sea of the or he, no, he said there's too many to count um, with the people that he saw that was waiting up there. Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it and see. Well, I'm I'm trying to find it because there, yeah, we just went over it. I think it's in fourteen. Um, I'm googling. John saw too many people in heaven. Probably, nah, so probably the most people. <laughs> More people than I've ever seen. Maybe maybe all the people John saw. John saw too many people. <laughs> Probably more people than China, Russia. John saw so many people. He definitely saw more people than... A crazy amount China. of people. A crazy amount of people. Well, you can tell we've been... Hey, you can tell we've been studying in Revelation. Revelation. I've got a whole lot of them Revelation up. 7, 9. Yeah, it said NIV. I started in seven. NIV because I like it, and I don't care if you don't. Um, 
Revelation 7, 9, it says, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. Heck yeah. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Praise the Lord. Yeah. I like it. So, yeah, that's that's the one that made me go, oh, that, that reminds me of the rapture where God took them out and then they were all made white through Jesus um, and then that, they were all standing before the throne um, praising Jesus while everybody else was still trying to figure out what was going on. But maybe it was aliens. Who knows? I don't know. Oh, man. You know, who knows? I don't know. Wait, they wrote a book that tells you exactly what happened. Oh, that can't be true. <laughs> Pastor Gary will, uh, he'll bring a bunch of scripture. He'll he'll cool. bring a bunch of scripture. It'll be cool. Yeah, awesome. I'll read another 316. Here's 1 Peter 316. Keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Yeah, and so same when someone slanders you, you just kind of keep quiet and let yeah. them do it, and they'll be like, "Oh, I suck for some time." What did Christ do? What did Christ do? When he was in front of Pilate, he remained silent. Why what? did he remain silent? Because he didn't need. Well, he to. didn't have to defend himself. Well, and when people were slandering him on the cross, he asked God to forgive them. Mm-hmm. How could you be mad at a God? Yeah, forgive us. Yeah. <laughs> How what dare say? you? How oh. dare you forgive me? Hey. He said, "Forgive us." Ha ha! Yeah, forgive us. Let me <laughs> let me read Hebrews three sixteen real quick. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what about the people in Egypt too? The <laughs> like, people Larry like, just did a little dance. Like the people that saw the people that saw all the miracles and still didn't believe the Egyptians. That what kind no of accountability kidding. were yeah. they held to? Why why did they not run with the with the Hebrews? I know I'd have been like, whoa. Well, we know that the Pharaoh of Egypt didn't have a choice. Yeah, his well, heart they, was hardened. Yeah, his God, heart was hardened. So that God may could accomplish what he needed to do. How many of those people followed because he was their boss? Right. 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 But, I mean, stop and think. That's that's what makes me – I, I could understand God's anger, okay? I've told my child 50 times not to touch that hot stove. They did. They got burned. Now you want to cry? I don't want to hear it. Right. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I already told you 50 times it was going to burn you if you did that. Yeah. Right. Now right. I'm going to lock that stove into it. <laughs> yep. Now how many times – you know, and you want me to get rid of the stove, right. wife? Mm-hmm. Mom, you want me to get rid of the stove because you couldn't teach the kid? Right. And I couldn't teach the kid? But, I mean, you know, I'm putting this in content, sorry. Here's the Hebrews. First off, they see all those miracles that, you know, that you know the plagues and all that that, that came through Moses, right? Mm-hmm. So they get free. They hadn't been free in 400 years. That means that every one of these kids or every one of these people here, they had never been free. They had always been slaves. Slaves. They didn't know anything else, right? Yeah. Okay. So then they run. A million people leave. They're being chased now. 
They get down there, and here's the Red Sea. And Moses says, well, hold on a second, you know. Lord, what are we going to do? Oh, I was going to say. And the water splits. And they walk across the Red Sea on dry Dry land. Dry land. Yeah, but I was going to say, like, what? Would that not make an impression on you that you could not forget? Well, no. Well, okay, maybe for the Israelites, but like. Or, I mean, whatever, Moses' people, right? God's people, right? Yeah. But, but what I was going to say is, is like, surely the people that went back to camp in the Egyptian camp talked about that, but nobody nobody, nobody went back. Nobody went back. <laughs> nobody went back. Yeah. But I'm going to tell nobody you, made if it, it would have been bum. me and my general, quote unquote, king was going, go there, I don't know that I would have. I'm seeing the water stand up where right. I knew that there was no entrance. And I'm seeing people walk across on dry ground in front of me. I don't think I'm going to run my chariot in there, mm-hmm. no matter what you say. How are you going to get a horse to go in there, too, man? Yeah, and, but, you know, so, okay, now now you get past there. The pharaoh and his army's in the Red Sea. The waters let go. They drown them immediately and kill them. And you don't go long before you start complaining. Yeah, you you forgot that, and, and I mean, a pillar, a fire, is going to lead me everywhere I need to go. I'm getting manna every morning. So much manna, I'm sick of it. Funny. I mean, all of this stuff. Just imagine how we would be if we I'm, were put in that same situation. Well, see, that's the thing. I started out judging the Isra- Israelites. When We'd I was be reading ten times this, worse. And then I was like, holy crap it's me we'd be way worse yeah because god has shown me that he's always faithful yet every time things get thin for me i start getting feared up yeah and i start complaining to point i start you know if there was a moses i'd be going to him and saying look you gotta do something you could be you know yeah yep i am israel yeah every time it's a story of humanity every time you go back to every time yeah Humanity, you're not a victim. God is the poor guy. Yeah. He he put us down here and he's just trying to raise us up in the way we should go and look what we keep doing in it yeah. in his name or cussing his name. Yeah. Name two people that were able to to two people from the Israelites or the Hebrews that um left Egypt that crossed bodies of water on dry land. There's only two people. Aaron? Well, okay, you're talking about two different groups of people, so no, it wouldn't two, be Moses no, and two Aaron. different people. Just people, people. Okay, so Moses. Aaron? I don't know. Aaron, Moses' brother probably went with him, right? So that's what he's saying. So you have Moses, right? Then who else crossed Moses water on dry land? Moses crossed once. Was it Jesus? I don't know. What's Tell me. The okay, who was with Moses when they left Egypt? Aaron. Aaron. No. <laughs> Angel's going to start throwing names out. Joshua. Joshua. Caleb. Caleb. Both of them were slaves. They're the only ones, if you remember, they were the spies that went in and said, we can take them, and the other 10 convinced all of them that they were not going to be able to go. Right. Okay. And, and I mean that they were not going to be able to take the promised land. So when 40 years you walk around until that whole generation died out, 
the whole generation died out because they were the non-believers. They would not believe that God, through all of these miracles, could actually give them the land that they that they were promised. One, Caleb was in that group too. He was a little bit older than Joshua, just a smidge. Okay, and he was a he was a Joshua. He was a fighter. You know, God gave him a mountain, and he said, "I don't care that I'm this old." I'm going to go take that mountain. Let's go. God's given this to me and I'm taking it. Those were the only two. Aaron was of that generation that died in the, yeah, he died in the, uh, wilderness. Moses would have been able to, had he not disobeyed God and struck the rock in anger anger, for water. Okay. So he was not. All right. We got to stop and think about that. I, I was talking with Darcia the other day, and it dawned on me. Those two were the only ones that were allowed to go into the promised land. Those two were the only ones that actually literally went through dry land twice through a body of water. Hmm. Why did they have to go through the why did they have to go through the Jordan River to get into the promised land? Why did God separate it? And he stopped the waters there. Right. Because, and it was during flood time, so it was like deeper than normal. And the waters separated for them to go in, and they walked in on dry land. Because God wanted that generation to understand what that generation should have. Mm, right. And I was like blown away by that thought process. How how much time do you spend on um like Bible study every day? Do you have a specific set amount of time or it's just whatever you do? No. I I had the opportunity because of the rain and because I wasn't feeling very good yesterday, I stayed home a little bit more than uh well, I stayed home all day. I wasn't feeling very good. Um back was hurting. Um and then we had rain, so that gave me the excuses because my job was tree trimming that day. Okay. And uh, so I had a little bit more time yesterday, but typically I do a couple of hours. Every day? Well, I'm doing my devotional. Yeah. And I'm back and forth in the verses. God's showing me a verse, so I go, you know. Takes you two hours to do that devotional? Sometimes. Sometimes it takes me longer. Sometimes it's like, and I'm done. Gotcha. You know? But. Do you have a set amount of time? Mm. Me neither. I mean, sometimes in the, uh, I try to make a little in the morning. Um, I, I wake up with prayer. Um, I'll read Larry's devotional sometimes. Most of my Bible stuff is at night. Yeah. And yeah. See, I, he's actually reading the Bible with Beth every night. Work. He's reading it to her. Oh, nice. Right. Yeah. So he's getting some, what, about an hour? You're all maybe? the way yeah. in Psalms? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Uh, That's a long ways. way. Yeah. That's a long ways, man. Yeah, it is a with a bunch of stuff, a bunch of people's names I could not. Oh um, yeah, yeah, pronounce. I know that gets tough. It's so, like it's like okay, Bubba and George. You know, and, it's, easy, uh, it's different when you read it in your head because you can just blah 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 yeah. blah blah, you know. But then when you're trying to actually pronunciate, it gets exhausting it for, sometimes. It, yeah, it it does, but. 
All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Garcia just said it's, she thought that's it might what I be did God's my, way of getting her to speak in tongues. I like that. That's what I did in my Bible study is I'd come to those names and I'd be like, blah, 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 this is annoying. Blah, blah. Well, you also told them, I don't know these words and I can't speak them. So <laughs> here you go. It's I, this. Blah, blah, blah. All right. Well, what, go ahead. I think one of the things God is doing through that, the word is multifaceted, multilayered, goes across 400 different time spaces and realities. It's present. It's futuristic. It's the past. It's all things. And when we read it, magical things happen. Yeah. I think one of the things he's doing, he did through that process was teaching me to slow down. Um, There was just something about simmering and living in that moment and those names and those genealogies, which there's never, I've never, it's just weird. It's just created such an empathy and love for my God. Yeah. Reading that. And, and something magical is happening reading it out loud. Anybody that I, I, I just, I, I can't recommend enough uh, reading the Bible out loud um, and, and read it front to back, man. You know, I've never done this before. My mom tried to bribe me. I wanted a gold pocket watch when I was like 14. She was third. No, 12. And she said, if you read the Bible front to back, I'll buy you a gold pocket watch. And uh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was just like, oh, really boring. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like, I want it. I want yeah. it because I've lived so much of that life and realized like Solomon, it's all empty. It's all empty. It le- It's going nowhere. It leads to nothing. Um, the Bible is full of purpose and truth. How much of it are you reading with a new understanding? Oh, yeah. Yeah, All because I there is a place in here that God, man, I wish I know the verse. I've written it down, and I'm not going to get it real quick, and it was actually in my devotional, I think, last week, where God has actually, you know, there. you don't like this. I don't want to say scales on your eyes, but an understanding that God gives you through yeah. your your obedience and reading the word. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that there are times that I've read it and it believe I, oh this this stood for that. This stood for that. This just like your John 3:16. You read it a 100 times. You read it I know without a doubt you read it on on the Bible study, right? Yeah. But that time it hit you different. That time there was a revelation. Just a small portion of that verse. Yes, yes, and it's boom, and it's that's how it is. That's what I mean by it's alive. Yeah, it's alive. Let me tell you, one of my deals was the Bible always said, if you want wisdom, pray to God for wisdom; He will give it to you. You Don't do that, Solomon. No, I did. I was praying for wisdom constantly, and I kept reading the Bible, and I was like, "Well, what is wisdom?" Job defines it. Wisdom is the fear of God. Yes. It's a beginning. That, yeah. Fear of God is the beginning, beginning of, of, wisdom. Under, of wisdom. Yes. How do you fear God? By reading his word. Wisdom is torturous sometimes. Yeah, but there's also. But his word is. Also fear. Yeah. All right. We dumb that word down just like Respect. we dumbed down love. Respect. You I know? used God to, in his place. Love used to mean something. And now we've said it about everything to where we don't understand love is God. God is love. So that when we love, we are emulating God by loving someone else above ourselves. And then with fear. When we submit to God, we are wise. 
Yes. We are we are practicing wisdom. And when I we don't... fear God, it's not that we're afraid of God. Yeah. We're not trembling in fear of God. We are in respect of God. Right. And, and I place. don't want to um, disrespect God. So that is the fear of God. So there's a different meaning to the word, and we don't get it. I know that um, when I, a, a friend of mine, Corey, sent me a, um, uh, started off with just a, a picture of this, this book by Jonathan Kahn called Mysteries. Mm-hmm. And the first couple of times I'm like, yeah, you know, we were studying the Hebrew life. So, okay, I, you know, I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And then the next one, and then the next one. And what God revealed to me, because when I started writing my devotion, devo- not my devotionals, God's devotionals, when I started writing the devotionals that I write each morning, it was for me, okay? I'm learning, and I'm learning stuff that I never knew because I don't know Jewish culture. I don't know what all of that means. I don't know why this particular thing means this in the Bible because I didn't know the culture itself. So through the mysteries, I learned a lot about the culture and the differences like uh, like the rudeness uh, with the ten virgins. The reason the five couldn't come in is because once the, once they go into the wedding and they shut the door, it's considered improper and rude for the door to be open. That's why the five had to stay outside. So, I mean, those particular things that I don't know anything about the culture didn't make a lot of sense to me. It helps you understand it better, yeah. yeah. So by learning that, and then God pointed this out, so then that verse had a different meaning to me, and it became richer, and it, and it just embedded the word in me in a different manner. Yeah. And it's not that I, I have more knowledge. It's that I've had the ability to have it in, and Holy the Holy Spirit pulls it out of me. And when I'm witnessing with somebody or if I'm talking with them, and need they, need, they need the wisdom of this. And God's given me this revelation, so I'm, I'm to share it with them. It's a cool feeling. Not, huh? Yeah, it's that's, awesome, man. That's what wisdom is. It doesn't come from us. Yeah. It's, it's us pointing right back to God's word and knowing it and studying it and living it and making it a part of our lives. That's I want to say this. Wisdom. I want to say this in closing because we're going to uh, wrap this up, but I'm going to say this in closing to any atheist or unbeliever that's listening to this. Um, sometimes that's my proof um, for me Ooh, that amen. God exists. Yes is whenever God works through me to someone else. Sometimes that's like, oh, that's my reminder that God is exist, and it proves to me his realness. So sometimes um, my participation and him participating, interacting through me, that's when that, um, that's a little more proof to me because I'm we're, in a, we're interacting with each other um, within his creation. And it's just, it's a really cool feeling, so... I read for her first Peter five, six through seven. Okay. Okay. I, but there's a reason why I wanted to read five. Okay. Okay. Young men in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud it gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 
Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. When you put it all together, there's a message for you there. Mm -hmm. We can't stand proud. We must be humble before the Lord. Yeah. Otherwise, he can't use us. And Pride's that's, a bad that's thing. what we're doing. Okay. All right. Let's wrap it up. We're at 152. Jesus loves you, and so do I. Thank you for watching and listening. We are out. Thank you for watching or listening all the way to the end. To be a guest on the show or to get a hold of us, please contact us at info at helpmyunbelief.org. And more importantly, make sure to check out new episodes every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Central.